Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi there, Gabby here. This podcast is intended to educate, inspire, and support you on your personal journey towards inner peace. I'm not a psychologist or a medical doctor and do not offer any professional health or medical advice. If you are suffering from a psychological or medical condition, please seek help from a qualified health professional. My friends, my friends, my friends, if I had a bell or an alarm, I would ring it now. I would ring it loud so that you don't miss it. Hear me, people. This is it. We are counting down to the end of the early member pricing offer for my Gabby Coaching membership. Listen up. Here's the deal. If you sign up for my Gabby Coaching membership today, which is really just a free seven-day trial, you can check it out, try it, see if it's for you. Then at the end of that seven days, you can decide to stay or you can decide to go. But if you decide to stay, this is where you lock in the best member pricing. This is the early member pricing. It's going to be gone, 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 gone. So if you've been thinking about the Gabby Coaching Membership and you've been wanting my all access to quarterly challenges and wanting access to weekly coaching, if you've wanted 200 of my best meditations and manifesting practices, journal prompts, on-demand access to my best motivational talks, and a special feature that I love called Get Gabby. It's like having me on speed dial. Feeling anxious, you can get Gabby. Can't sleep, get Gabby. If you've been thinking about this, if you've been wanting this, if you've been talking about maybe taking the trial, this is literally the absolute best time to do it. Go to deargabby.com forward slash app. And the reason that this is the best time, this is the absolute best time. So you try it for seven days free. And if you love it, you can lock in the best member rate. It'll be locked in forever as long as you're a member and it's not going to come back. This is it. We wanted to welcome in our early members, the people who have been hanging out in my world. If you're listening to this podcast and you want to get more Gabby, this is the way. Think of me as your personal coach. It's a coaching membership all inside an awesome slick app platform. And it's literally like having me as your personal coach all year long. Go to deargabby.com forward slash app. Hey there, welcome to Dear Gabby. I'm your host, Gabby Bernstein. And if you landed here, it is absolutely no accident. It means that you're ready to feel good and manifest a life beyond your wildest dreams. Let's get started. This week's show is gorgeous. A lot, a lot, a lot of people out there are talking about manifesting these days. And when it comes to manifesting, there's a lot of misconceptions around. 
There's lots of different stories of how to do it, what to do. Lots of people trying to play magic tricks out there. And I've been speaking about writing about and practicing manifesting techniques for almost 20 years. And they're all ways to really reclaim that super attractor power in you. And in today's episode, I share the essentials for manifesting because we all have the tools within ourselves to attract what we desire. The biggest block to our manifesting is our fears, all the limitations and fear that we place on our lives. So we need to learn to first recognize the fear, acknowledge it, thank it, and witness it without any judgment so that we can fully step into our super attractor power. And today, your episode is going to teach you how to release the blocks to the manifesting power within you, and it will give you the exact methods that I have used to claim my super attractor power. Enjoy the show. Hello, New York. How are you, New York? You look so good. How's everybody doing tonight? It's good to be back in New York. I've been everywhere but New York, so I'm so happy you came out. So when I was talking to my girls about what we were going to discuss tonight, they're all like, well, we want to know how to manifest. And I was like, all right, I get it. Everybody wants to know how to get some stuff. And we want to know how we can start to cultivate a greater sense of interconnectedness and a greater sense of co-creation and a greater sense of certainty, right? Everybody want a little bit of that? A greater sense of knowing that what you long for can be yours. Yeah? You want a little bit of that? And more importantly, just a, a greater sense of serenity, an opportunity to just say, yes, I long for this, I hope for this, but I have the tools within me to let it go. I have the tools within me to surrender. That surrender is what I long for most. And actually, that was part of my New Year's resolution this year, was to really open my heart up to what it means to surrender all that I want and to stop thinking that it needs to be a certain way. So if I'm going to talk to you about manifesting, I have to talk to you a little bit about what it means to have a manifestation mishap. I had one a year and a half ago. My husband and I were manifesting manically. We, yes, it was ugly. We had this vision goal dream of owning an apartment in New York City. You already know where I'm going with this. <laughs> and it was right at the peak of the market being the highest, and it's still pretty high. But it was worse if you could believe it. And I'm so glad I'm telling this story in front of a bunch of New Yorkers because you all just totally get it. And I had this vision. We knew exactly what neighborhood we wanted it to be in. We knew exactly what price we wanted to spend. We knew exactly how many square feet we wanted to live in. We had all, we had the list. We were manifesting. Put that list in a vision board. We had taken out scraps of pictures. We were in it to win it. We knew what we wanted. And then we hit the streets with our broker. And it became very clear very quickly that what we wanted was not within our price range. Not only was it not within our price range, it wasn't even in the borough we wanted to be in. <laughs> and so we started, our search started going miles and miles away from what we thought to the point where we were all the way out and who knows where. And it just started to get quite depressing. And we, you know, we were putting bids in on apartments that we didn't even want. We would go to an apartment and be like, well, is it okay that the windows face a wall? Maybe, I think so. And it just got ugly. It just got worse and worse and worse. And we just started to get into this mantra, this is unfun. That became our mantra. This is unfun. This is unfun. We were fighting all the time. We were spending all of our hours and evenings and weekends trying to find this house, find this apartment, find this home that we needed to be in, that we wanted to get to in a certain amount of time. We wanted to turn around and we didn't want it to have to be this way or that way. And it became this manic manifestation. We kind of hit a wall when we went into Brooklyn and we looked at this apartment and we walked up the steps to the apartment and we walk in and there's this big glass encased 
like, you know, those cases that hold weird things in them. Like maybe they have like flowers or it had like 55 googly eyed dolls just staring at us like wacky dolls. The, ha- the apartment smelled like piss. Like it was a nightmare. And so it was very clear at this point that we were just not having fun. We go home after this googly eyed apartment and we sit down at the dining room table. My husband says the mantra, this is unfun, this is unfun, this is unfun. And I looked at him and for whatever reason, there was a glimmer of hope and there was a burst of light that came in. And I said, there has to be a better way. And those are the magic words. There has to be a better way. Those words opened me up to start a dialogue with my husband. I said, okay, well, we know that unfun doesn't get us anywhere. Let's say a prayer. And he said, okay, let's pray. We say our prayer and I say, thank you, universe, for guiding us to solutions beyond our logical mind. We open up to creative possibilities. That was it. That was our simple prayer. We open ourselves up to creative possibilities. In an instant, we both just started feeling better because prayer is the medium for miracles. That moment when we shift our thinking and we can shift our thinking when we choose to. And a prayer is a choice. The moment that I said that prayer, I started to feel like my energy began to reorganize. I started to feel the negativity shift. We started to laugh again. And then I started to look at my husband. I said, you know, honey, we've always talked about this apartment in New York City, but maybe it's not in New York City. Maybe we want to go and we always said that we wanted a place in the country. Maybe it would be fun, the operative word. Maybe it would be fun to go up and just see what's up in the country and see if maybe that's the direction we go in instead. And he said, oh, that sounds like fun. Fun is the operative word. So he gets on the internet. My husband's very good at shopping online. And he gets on the internet and he starts finding some listings. And within minutes, he finds this listing for this house that's up on a mountain. And it it made no sense, but it was awesome. He's like, we got to go see this house. And I was like, this makes no sense. He's like, no, we got to see the house. So he calls his broker. Within 24 hours, we're driving upstate to go look at a few houses, one of them being the mountain house. The first house that we go to see is the mountain house. And we drive up the driveway and we go up this swervy, beautiful driveway into the woods, all the way to the top of this mountain, driving into the beautiful circular driveway. And we see all these lights on and we see this beautiful stone laid out all around the house. And we walk into the house and you walk through the door and you walk out and all you see is this vision of this incredible foliage because all you see are trees. And I look at my husband, I'm like, this is awesome. This is incredible. This is amazing. And I can't believe it's this price because I'm coming from New York City. So this is incredible. And I look at this house. I look at the broker. I look at my husband. I say, this makes no sense, but it feels really good. And so I want to mention that word again. Feels really good. I love it when I discover a new product that blows my mind. And that's when I was introduced to the Armra Colostrum. It is a superfood that almost seems too good to be true. Armra Colostrum helped improve my fitness and metabolism, enhanced my skin and hair radiance, no joke, and it's strengthening immunity and gut health. There couldn't be a more perfect product for me. Since I started taking it, I have noticed that my skin looks healthier, glowy. People have been noticing it. Armra colostrum literally reactivates hair growth and reduces inflammation and puffiness in your face and neck. It also stimulates stem cells to produce collagen and increase elasticity for plumper skin. It's also a great way to support your fitness routine and recovery. Get this, Armra Colostrum enhances nutrient absorption and cellular regeneration to give you the best fitness performance. Isn't that amazing? Between you and me, 
it is such a powerful anti-aging benefit as I come up on my 44th year of life here and I need it. Amra colostrum is a proprietary concentrate of BioVine colostrum. It's unlike any other product on the market. And it's really easy to take. Just mix Amra colostrum in any cold drink and you're good to go. So my friends, we have worked out a special offer for my audience. Receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra, A-R-M-R-A dot com slash Gabby, or enter Gabby to get 15% off your first order. That's try, T-R-Y, A-R-M-R-A dot com slash Gabby. We go and we look at these other three houses, and while they were wonderful, none of them felt the way that we felt about the mountain house. So we started to go back and visit more and learn a little bit more about that property and learn a little bit more about the house. And we were coming to a place where we were like, maybe we'll put a bid on it. And at this point, I started kind of freaking out a little bit because I'm like, this is the opposite of what I thought I needed. This is the opposite of what my logical mind was telling me to do, but it feels really good. We get into this place where we're about to make this offer and we invite my husband's parents to see the house because my father-in-law is really good about getting under the hood. You know, he's like checking it all out, looking for everything. And so he's looking all over the house. And prior to going up there, I had called my friend who is a medium and her name is Colette Baron-Reed. And I called Colette and I said, Colette, I'm kind of freaking out a little bit. I'm thinking about putting in a bid on this house, but it makes no sense. It's not what we thought we were going to do. It doesn't make any sense logically. She said, well, F logic. Then she says, have you asked for your sign? I said, what are you talking about? She said, well, whenever I go out and I find a new home, I ask for a sign. And she went on to tell me this, that's last house that she bought. She was looking for her sign, which is a dragonfly. And she walked into the house and right before she was about to leave, she looks to her left and on a little book was an imprint of a dragonfly. In that moment, she knew it was her house and she bought the house. This was the perfect house for her. So I said, okay, cool. I'll ask for a sign. I want my sign to be an owl. And I just throw it out there. I just drop it in her lap. My sign is an owl. She says, okay, cool. Go find your sign. So I would go up to the house for my father-in-law to look under the hood. And I am walking in the door hunting owls. I am like, where are my owls at? And I'm looking for them everywhere. Are they on pillowcases? I'm lifting up sheets. I'm looking for owls everywhere. But the first thing I see when I walk into the house is this little card with a dragonfly. And I was like, oh, there's my dragonfly. But I hadn't found my owl. And I swear I was looking everywhere. We were in the house for like an hour and I, I wasn't caring about like what needed to be remediated. I cared about my owl. And so I was on the hunt. I leave the house. I called Colette. I said, listen, I didn't find my owl, but I found your dragonfly. And she said, oh, that's enough. We talked about the dragonfly. Let that be enough. Keep moving ahead. We go to get a coffee in the town on our way out back to the city. And then as we walk back to my car, I look to the left of my car and this massive bumper sticker on the back of this car is this wackadoodle owl just flying at me. And I was like, honey, I found my owl. And he was so excited. So we find our owl. And a week later, we put in the offer. Offers accepted right away. And then we're like, oh, like, what do we do now? At this point, we had to head to London because I had a bunch of talks in London. And I started to get very nervous because, and as anyone knows, if you've bought a house, you know that it comes with a lot of hidden things that hopefully you find before you buy it. And with that became all these ideas of some remediation and things that had to get done and a lot of moving parts to make this thing work. And of course, me and my husband feeling like very uncertain about this manifestation because it, again, no longer made sense with our logical ideas. So here I am and I'm in London and I, I get on my knees and I say a prayer and I'm like, God, I need some more owls. 
That was my prayer. I need more owls. I'm feeling uncertain. I don't know what's up. And all of a sudden we, we walk out to the streets of London and I think the Brits just really like owls because they were everywhere. There were owls in the graffiti. There were owls on bowls, on dishes, on pillowcases. And even with owl after owl after owl, I was still stuck in uncertainty. I was still feeling hopeless and fearful. And in the story of this doesn't make sense logically and, and how is this going to fit into my life? And I wasn't expecting this and all the things that we do to, to, to really deny the miracle. Later that night, after seeing thousands of owls in the streets of London, I headed to the St. James Cathedral, which is a beautiful church that I give talks in in London. And I've been there year after year. And there's this gorgeous guy who does the sound and he's a painter. And he always gives everybody a really nice, beautiful piece of his art. And he always gives me a bear. Year after year, he gives me a postcard of this bear. Like I have 15 bears. And this year he walks up to me and says, Gabrielle, I knew that your husband was coming with you. So I brought you two pieces of art. And the first one he hands me is for my husband and it's the bear. And then he says, and for whatever reason, I really thought you'd need this. And he hands me my owl. And so in that moment, I took the spiritual surrender. I accepted the invitation. I said, yes, I allowed myself to surrender fully to my owl. And a year ago, I closed on my mountain house and I am happy, happy, happy in my mountain house. But I don't share this story to tell you about how I found my house or how cute it was to find a million owls. I share this story to tell you all the ways that I was screwing it up. And that first way that we deeply screw up our manifestations is by thinking that it has to be one way. It has to be on our time. It has to be, it has to look this way. The guy, the guy has to have this much money in this type of job, or the apartment has to be this size and in this neighborhood, or the job has to be in this exact location with this exact number. And there's nothing wrong with being clear about what our dreams and goals and visions are, because that is one of my steps. But the first step in the six steps to manifesting through hope, the first step is to witness your crazy and call it by its name. Witness your crazy. Witness all the loco ideas that you may have that you think you need it this way and the controlling behavior and the angst. And, and people are in the room like, oh yeah, I know what she's talking about. Because you know who you are if you have been manically manifesting. You know who you are. And you know how torturous it is. You know, anyone in the room was like waiting for that engagement ring? I know you're in here. We're in New York, young girls. And you're just like, where is my ring, right? And you're all hung up about that. Or maybe you're manifesting a new job and you just need it to come now. Where's my cash, right? The universe doesn't really respond very well to that energy. <laughs> is there anything sexy about where is my ring? No, not at all. So we want to witness our crazy and call it by its name. It's fear. It's fear and uncertainty. It's fear that it won't happen. Fear devours hope. And so when we're in that place of fear, we need to witness it without judgment. We need to be super diligent about looking, looking, looking. Every single day I wake up and I look at my crazy. I'm like, oh girl, you're back. And then what do I do with it? I live with optimism and I renew with hope. So once you witness your crazy and you call it by its name, what are you going to do with it? You have to transform it. You have to transcend it. The pathway to transcending it for me with my mountain house story came the moment that we said that prayer. We open up to creative possibilities. 
So when you witness your crazy, the next time you see yourself in that crazy story or in that, anybody repeat their crazy story over and over again? I know that one. When we were looking for the house, we were every day would be sitting down with anyone who would listen. Can I tell you how bad the real estate market is? It's like really bad. It was like my monologue and it was boring and it was really ugly. So what's your story? What are you replaying? And when you catch yourself in that story, you can simply say a silent prayer to yourself or you can say it out loud if you're with your fellow spirit junkies. And you can simply say to yourself, I choose to see hope instead of this. I'm open to creative possibilities. I choose to see hope instead of this, and I'm open to creative possibilities. Take that one home and use it tonight because your crazy is going to walk out the door with you, even though you came for the spirit junkie. So you've witnessed your crazy. You've called it by its name. You've prayed for it to be transformed. And now the third step that we move into is to clarify those hopes, to clarify those visions. And so I think there is something to be said for being crystal clear about what you desire, but then at the same time, having the space within you to willingly surrender it, to turn it over, to release it. There's quite a few people in the media here tonight, so I want to tell a little story that's kind of relevant to you. 10 years ago, when I first started out in my career, I had seen a bunch of my contemporaries get picked up in this story in the New York Times style section on the cover of the New York Times Sunday style section. And it was a story about food bloggers. And there were a bunch of my friends that I had partied with and hung out with. And, and I was like, oh, that is a good story. I want that kind of roundup. Because this was when I was first starting and I was like leading group coaching workshops in my apartment and I was going out and giving talks and all the spirit junkies were coming out. And I, I knew that this was a trend. It was way before we were drinking green juice and far before gluten-free. And so I was into it. And I really wanted the world to know about it. And I had a book coming out and I was ready to manifest this vision of being on the cover of the New York Times Sunday style section. So I ripped out that masthead. I stacked it onto my vision board. I had this whole part of my vision board that was for my career. And I'd put mastheads of all these different publications and brands that I wanted to work with and visions for my future. I took that mass head and I dropped it on my vision board. And then I just let it go. I relaxed. I wasn't manic about it. I was chill. About a month or two later, I was sitting in my office and I, I said to my intern, I'm going to call the New York Times because I had been in PR before I was a spirit junkie. And I was good at just picking up the phone and, and, and making a phone call. And so I said, I'm going to call this one random guy that I know at the New York Times. His name is Alan. And let me see if Alan wants to write this story. So I call up Alan and I said, listen, I got this really cool story for you is the story of all of these girls, New York City girls, that used to want to be Carrie Bradshaw and now want to be like Wayne Dyer. And he was like, interesting. And he said, tell me a little bit more. And I said, listen, you know, it's a trend and there's a few of us. And this was the, the neat thing because I wasn't like it has to be about me. There's a group of us. Let me tell you about the few of us that I think are doing this and leading this movement. And he said, all right, cool. I'll think about it. I'll call you back. Six months go by, no word from Alan. And I, I would casually send him some emails. And by the seventh month, I get a random phone call and it's, it's Alan. Hi, Alan. The story got picked up and I need to come to your house tonight to start to interview you and take some pictures. So all of a sudden I'm thrown into this story. The New York Times is coming to my house. Alan's interviewing me. It's going to be a cover story for the New York Times Sunday style section. OMG, this is happening. So he, here I am and I'm taking Alan through my apartment. He sits in and watches one of my group coaching workshops. And at the end of the workshop, everybody's hustled out of the house and we continue talking. And he walks over to my vision board and he notices the Sunday style section masthead. And he said, oh my God, what is this? And I said, well, I've been manifesting this story. 
And he said, well, what do you mean? And I said, well, you know, there was a story years back about these food bloggers and, and it was really awesome. And I wanted to manifest it for myself. And he looks at me and he says, I wrote that story. So there's power in our clarity and in our vision. And it's important to hold those visions with a sense of freedom and a sense of certainty and a sense of relaxation. And we can put it up on the board and let it go. My friends, my friends, my friends, I have been traveling like crazy lately. Every single week, I'm moving fast and I've got a lot going on. And that means I'm kind of snacking on crummy things at times and just trying to do my best to keep my gut in shape. And my gut is so important for my travel because I need my immune system to be strong. And that is where seed comes in. I am obsessed with seed. I take it with me everywhere. It is the most beautiful product that I have used for years now, actually. been using it for several years. We've talked a lot about gut inflammation on this show. We talked about how the gut affects the immune axis. And for me, it wasn't until I tried Seed's DS1 Daily Symbiotic that I really understood that I could actually make a difference in my gut. And Seed's DS1 Daily Symbiotic is the real deal. It's a broad-spectrum plant-based prebiotic and a 24-strain that has been clinically studied for its benefits. If you have taken probiotics before and never felt a difference, it's likely because the good bacteria wasn't surviving in the GI tract. And seed is designed differently, and that's why it works. It is just two capsules a day on an empty stomach, first thing in the morning before breakfast, or two hours after your last meal. That's it. Trust me, your gut will thank you. Avoid gut mania and head to the trusted source of symbiotics. Visit seed.com slash DearGabby and use code DearGabby to redeem 30% off your first month of Seed's DS1 Daily Symbiotic. That's seed.com slash DearGabby and use code DearGabby. Take a moment to write down what you hope for. You can spend the next 20 minutes, half hour thinking about what it is that you're ready to cultivate and manifest. And write this hope down. And it's our hope and our intention that you can set this intention in this collective community, in this shared consciousness, in this conversation about hope and grace and manifestation, and put the power of the pen to paper, and then put it on that wall. And in the expression of putting it on the wall, you let it go. Because that brings us to our next step, which is really to become a magnet for the miracle. In order to become a magnet for the miracle, we have to be willing to let it go. We have to have the power within us to, to write down our vision, write down our desire clearly. I long for this. I hope for this. And then surrender it fully. The secret to prayer is to forget what you think you need. And so many of us are walking around holding these visions, but holding them with an agenda, holding them with the, I need it now, I needed it yesterday, where's the ring, where's the apartment, where's the job, where's the cash? Or, you know, where's the health? I need the health right now. Think about it this way. If you're manifesting a healthier physical state, the clearest pathway to a physical healthy state is through serenity, through meditation, through stillness, through relaxation and through hope. The more hopeful you are, the greater your chances of physical health. The more hopeful you are, the greater your chances of bringing in all that you desire because you're in an energy that is dwelling in a space of knowing. You're in a space of not only longing for your desire, 
but releasing it and knowing it. And being in that know is what truly manifests. So that's our third step now. Excuse me, this is our fourth step, which is to become a magnet for miracles. And so this step is quite simple. It's you're thinking it, right? So you've got your new high vibe thought. You feel it. You cultivate a presence of feeling it and you believe it. It's the feeling that genuinely manifests our dreams into our reality. When we harness a feeling of joy, when we harness a feeling of relaxation, when we harness a feeling of fun, that is when visions far beyond our logical mind can become our reality. I was sitting in my mountain house writing my newest book the other day, and I was sitting there and I just started crying because I just felt such a sense of joy for this manifestation that had come into my life. And it was a manifestation that came from a feeling of joy. So the greatest way to attract what you desire into your life is to dwell in the energy of joy. The greatest way to attract what you desire is to dwell in the energy of joy. You can tweet that. And so really being in that presence of joy, so really thinking about what it is that you want to call in. What do you want to manifest? What do you want to attract into your life? And when I was in my 20s and I was living downtown on 13th Street and I was single and I was looking at all my friends that were getting engaged and I was pissed that I wasn't engaged. And I would look at everybody and I would compare myself and I'd say, oh, there, this one's getting married and this one, I'm always a little bit behind everybody. And this one's got this happening. And I, I wasn't happening for me. And I was upset and I was comparing and I was judging myself. I had to reorganize it. I had to reorganize it because the energy that I was in was not attractive. That energy was needy. It was angry. It was negative. And so I started to cultivate this energy of really being in this hopeful state. And when I'd see couples on the street, I would think to myself, that's awesome. That's what I want. And I honor the love that they have. In the expression of honoring the love that they had, I was no longer comparing and then therefore weakening my energy. I would walk around the streets of New York City with my hand like this, and I would close my eyes and I would envision myself on the corners of New York City holding hands with my beloved. And I would see this, and not only would I see this, but in the vision of what I longed for, I started to feel it. In the feeling of that energy, of that love, of that gratitude of that appreciation, I became really sexy. Guys would try to pick me up on the street. Like everybody wanted to go on a date with me. I was dating like crazy. So even though I wasn't like manifesting the man that day, it was on. Like my energy was rocking and the New York City dudes were feeling it. And, and most importantly, I was certain of the outcome. And there is a beautiful lesson from a metaphysical text called A Course in Miracles, which is those who are certain of the outcome can afford to wait and wait without anxiety. So what is it that you long for? What is it that you want to cultivate into your life? Feel it, think it, feel it, and then believe it. And so I want to see you all walking around like this. Or you can, you know, if you want some cash, you can walk around like this. You know, do something that just brings it in and, 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 and dwell in the energy of what you long for. And really, most importantly, catch yourself when you're in that crazy story. Our fifth step is to ask for a sign and chill. So you're going to put your hope up on the vision board. And then I want you to ask for your sign. And your sign could be anything. Like, remember I said to Colette, mine's an owl. 
Your sign can be anything. It can be, but it has to be the first thing that comes to your mind. And it, it can't be like my sign's a taxi because there are a lot of taxis out there. So your sign could be a song or a scent or a name or maybe a, a unicorn, whatever you want. But think of that sign. And the first thing that comes to your mind is what that sign must be. And then just chill. The key to manifesting, the number one key to manifesting is chilling. Chill. Ground yourself in the knowing. Ground yourself in the presence of faith. Ground yourself in your, in your hope, in what you hope for. And believe in your hopes. Believe in your hopes. And when you talk to your friends, talk about what it is that you're calling into your life rather than what you can't do. Talk about what it is that is working. Focusing on what you do have creates more of what you want. So chill and be in the presence of what you do have and what you want and what you long for. Stay calm, relax, and know that the universe has your back. And that presence of chill is so mandatory. The presence of chill does begin to set in when you take the three steps ahead of it. And now we're on the final step, which is glow. Glow. Be the joy. Be the light. Walk through life being that happy girl in the office. Walk through life helping your coworkers. Walk through life bringing that light into your family. Walk through life going into your bedroom and just saying, honey, let's get at it. Walk through life and hug your family members longer. Walk through life and be in the presence of what is real. Glow. Be that glow. We need that glow now more than ever. And you know what I'm talking about. We're living at a time where our glow is what will reorganize the energy of these times. And it is mandatory. And when you feel you don't have power in all of the powerless situations that are occurring around us, trust in the power of your hope and trust in the power of your glow. Trust in the power of your capacity to be the light. And show up with that light. And trust that if you show up with that light, all that you desire will be brought to you in a manner that is far greater than you could ever imagine. Far, far greater than you could ever imagine. Because my hope and my glow led me to this stage today. And these are my six steps for manifesting your desires, manifesting your dreams, and really surrendering your hope to the highest good for all. And to stop praying for what you think you need and start praying for what is of the highest good, surrendering it and being in it. I love you, New York. <laughs> Thank you. So my hope, my hope, my hope is that you will take just one of the messages, even if it's just one of the lessons from tonight, and begin to bring it into your life, bring it into your families, bring it into your homes, bring it into your communities. We have beautiful sisters and brothers in this room who will bring more light. Let's open up to what it is that we are here to bring forth. And my hope, the reason I get on these stages, the reason I do this work is to wake up that presence of hope within you. So thank you for giving me a platform to be able to share this work. Thank you so very much. I love you all. If you made it to the end of this episode, that means you're truly committed to miracles. I'm really proud of you. If you want to get more Gabby, tune in every Monday for a new episode. 
Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any of the guidance or special bonus episodes. Your experience at this show means a lot to me. So I really want to welcome you to leave an honest review. And you can follow me on social media at Gabby Bernstein. And if you want to get in on the action, sign up for a chance to be Dear Gabby live at DearGabby.com. See you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.